Welcome to episode three of the Perspectivalist. I'm your host, Yuri Brito. Thanks for the interest so far in this little podcast venture. If you'd like to contribute to our cause, I take Bitcoin, some Doge, but lots of Ethereum. So thanks for your contribution. Episode three, the case for coffee tables. Back in the blessed year of our Lord 2020, when the orange man led the mutiny against leftism, one tweet at a time, of course, life was quite tolerable for Christians who gave a dram about ethical currency. Back then, this feels, of course, like an eternity ago, I wrote that if we cannot get our act together during COVID under a relatively pro-liberty, pro-church president, How many jumping jacks will we be willing to do under Biden presidency if the next tempest rises? How much longer will we be willing to keep our churches closed? How much more will we be willing to subscribe to government mailing lists? How much more will we be willing to spread fear as a virtue? How much more will we be willing to concede? Close quote. Well, as Yoda would say, concede we have. I think I nailed that one. We have conceded ground quicker, even than I expected. And evangelical Christians today are so eager to taste the Kool-Aid of concession that they drank it straight. And drinking anything straight is quite a challenge for the Charles Finney generation who put the drinking business at a whole new level of piety here. So as we move on, we need to get our house in order. And by house, I mean the literal oikos. And that's a metaphysical one, which we will touch on in a later post. But for now, let's begin our focus on the living room rules that I think should guide this clandestine revolution. If Jesus is Lord, then my premise is that the coffee table is under his domain. Now, over the years, I have talked a lot about hospitality. I've talked about it, in fact, so much that if you poke me, I probably bleed mashed potatoes. But that's because the entire endeavor has eternal consequences, and I firmly believe as a pastor that hospitable people will one day rule the world. But I have a much more sort of nuanced point. Hospitality is one entire piece of the pie, but the coffee table has another purpose as well beyond the purveyor of brewed coffee beans, and that purpose is that the coffee table provides sort of the intentional meeting place for strategies and developing the kind of blueprints that we need as we move on in this Biden generation. The great Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, once led a clandestine seminary where they sang, prayed, ate together, and found creative ways to think about world domination. Now, these guys, they were Lutherans, which is almost always synonymous with ecclesiastical introverts. So these Lutheran guys were trying to do their best in thinking through categories of dominion and moving forward as a church under intense persecution. And there is a time for such introversion. But what I'm arguing is that we need to embody the Bonhoefferian vision like post-millennial fanatics. The coffee table can be the sacred space for weather talk. I grant that. But it can also be the sacred space for changing the weather altogether, the political climate for sure. And I don't want to pile metaphors here, but I think the entire process should be a very hot one. We need to restore the coffee table to a place of honor in our house. 
We need to begin the conversations about the future like grown-ups. And I have already said that we have conceded on too many grounds, but I dare say that the ground is still ours, as Paul says in Romans chapter 4. This is the time for complacent dad to get away from his garage for a few minutes and drink his coffee like a man. Now, mom and dad, they're going to have to decide in consultation with their priests and prophets and kings what their limitations are and how far they should go and where the middle ground is. But one thing that they don't have the luxury to think through is the time for silence ended somewhere between days one and three of Jesus' proclamation of the gospel to the captives in Sheol. We are far removed from that event, but we're not far removed from resurrection, which is always before us here. And this means that we lay the grounds for resurrection power in our homes. We set the framework for how the resurrection is going to play out in our houses, beginning at the coffee table, at our strategizing, our blueprinting. You know, I told my congregation recently that Jesus' ministry is one of rejection. And our ministry to the world is also one of rejection. But it's not the rejection we receive for being repulsive. It's the natural rejection for being compulsive in our yearning for the triumph of the good. Too many of us need to take more rejection so that we can feel the weight and heaviness of Christendom. Christendom that we have embraced. The Christendom that we are a part of. And I'm arguing, of course, in a very caffeinated manner, that the coffee tables should once again be strategy places for determining our commitment to just how much we're going to be rejected in this world here. The coffee table is a good place for gatherings with children to sing imprecation and to savor the elation of those who treasure the kingdom of heaven. My encouragement is very simple on this third episode, and it is to get your coffee mugs, your favorite one, and gather the troops and the faithful churchmen around you and begin to talk about the latest edition of Kingdom Magazine. What we have before us, ladies and gentlemen, is we have conceded too much. And it's time to take our coffee tables back from neutrality and pagans and use that square or circle furniture piece to make plans so that we can make the Christian currency great again for the glory of the kingdom. I'm Yuri Brito, and this is Episode 3. The Lord be with you.